whilst it hasn't changed my life wildly from day to day, um, you know, it hasn't completely radically shifted how I think and feel, it has been a massive inroad into understanding myself more and therefore being able to extend more self-compassion and therefore being gentler with myself. Welcome to part two of my 23 lessons of the year 2023. If you haven't yet listened to part one, make sure you do jump back and have a listen. I'm going to pick up where I left off and start with point number six or lesson number six, we'll call it. When it comes to reconnecting with someone who you have lost touch with, whether you've lost touch with them on purpose or out of just circumstances of life getting busier and falling out of the habit of it, someone has to go first. And wow, no brainer, Kylie. Of course, someone has to go first. But so often in life, particularly when our feelings are hurt and we're feeling sad, we're feeling rejected. We don't want to be the one to go first, but the other person is very likely feeling the same way. And so being the person who goes first isn't always easy, but it certainly is necessary if a reconciliation of any kind is going to happen. And sometimes the fear of being rejected again stops us from wanting to go first Or the fear of being hurt further stops us as well. And that's a very reasonable fear and a very reasonable thought process to go through. And so it's important to coach yourself through it and be your own best friend and really, really, as I said, coach yourself through this thought process and remind yourself that yes, it could really hurt to be rejected again. It could hurt if you don't get the reconciliation that you'd hoped for, but it also will bring you a sense of perhaps peace or relief or just knowledge in knowing that you at least tried and you did all you could do. And sometimes we have to take that deal. We have to take that risk, that gamble. So be the person who goes first And that doesn't mean that you need to be the person who folds and admits faults that you don't believe are true, but you can go first and have boundaries as well. I have reconnected with my mum this year, and I will credit a few things to being able to do that. I will first of all credit my mum in being reciprocal to when I reached out. I will credit Brendan in just saying to me, like, life is short reach out to your mum and also therapy as well. Those three things definitely for a period there in my life, I had to really sever, sever, retreat and just get myself sorted to be able to push past some, some hurt and pain and to be able to do that. 
and it's definitely been worth it. But when I did reach out to my mom and say, you know, I really want to have a relationship with you, I also made it very clear that that's what I want to have. But to do that, there were going to also have to be certain boundaries in terms of what's in the past just has to be in the past and I have to just let that be. So I guess I share that with you, even though I feel a bit certainly vulnerable. I share that with you because a wonderful reconciliation can be had even when hurt and pain still exists and you can have boundaries around certain topics and you can move forward from things that perhaps you didn't think that you had the ability to do. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Number seven, this has been a big year for me in terms of interrogating my own beliefs and stigmas that I have held and also my own, I guess, internalized misogyny. This has been a year where I've really had to reflect on things that I haven't reflected on before. And I think part of that is getting a bit older. Part of that is the kids getting a little bit older and just having more mental capacity to actually think about other topics. When you have young children, so often you are in survival mode. And whilst you might want to think about certain things, your energy and like your resources are just so much more limited. But I've noticed that as the boys have gotten a bit older and with getting that little bit older comes that little bit of independence. And yes, I'm well aware they are only 10 years old, but it's still such a novelty to me that they can get their own breakfast or that I can send them into the convenience store to grab milk or whatever. And with that little bit of independence and also the fact that they do rely on their friends a lot in terms of, you know, like when they're younger as parents, you're so central to everything they're doing. But now over the weekend, if the boys have a friend over for a sleepover, they just want to hang with their friend. And so it opens up a bit more time and space to allow us to have resources, to allow us to have the energy and the capability to be curious about things like stigmas that we hold, you know, whether that's thinking about topics like racism, whether it's thinking about topics like anti-fatness, diet culture, thin privilege, pretty privilege, all of these things that really prior to this year kind of more sat in my peripheral Even things like, as I mentioned, internalized misogyny and my own stigma about what it means or what it meant for me to be a single mum has been really interesting as well. I've noticed over the last year how differently certain people receive me as someone who is in a partnership versus when I wasn't in a partnership. And that's been an interesting thread to explore as well that inherent misogyny of valuing a woman more when she is partnered is really interesting. So that's been a big one for me this year. And I've really enjoyed challenging myself on certain topics. 
It's very tempting to go, oh, I'm not racist. I'm not this. I'm not that. But when you actually start to learn about these topics and peel back the layers, you realize there is so much inherent racism in the way that we have all been raised in the society that we live in. And I certainly am not an expert in the field at all, but I am so much more curious and so much more committed and wanting to understand and wanting to, um, I don't want to say own, like own my biases, but at least see them for what they are. Because if you don't see where you have blind spots, see where you have stigma, see where you have phobias, see where you have certain biases, you, you can't do anything about it unless you're willing to see it and recognize it. Next up, my ADHD diagnosis. No surprise, I've included that in this list of 23 things I have learned in the year of 2023. I know that it seems like every man and their dog, every woman on social media, to be perhaps more correct, has come out and said, I have ADHD. And I get it. It definitely has seemed like a trend, but a trend at its core is just people, like a, a volume of people doing something similar. And if it wasn't for that trend in bunny ears, in air quotations here, for that trend of people online speaking about their experience of learning about ADHD and seeking a diagnosis, then other women would likely not do it. And for me, going through the diagnosis process, whilst it hasn't changed my life wildly from day to day, um, you know, it hasn't completely radically shifted how I think and feel. It has been a massive inroad into understanding myself more and therefore being able to extend more self-compassion and therefore being gentler with myself. It's hard to be gentle with ourselves for so many reasons, but actually understanding, oh, there's a difference here in the way that my brain is wired has been really helpful and not to use it as an excuse, but to use it as insight into understanding myself has been a massive one for me because like I said, it's self-compassion. So if you do have any of those ADHD type symptoms, and I didn't know at all that I did because you know, prior to understanding ADHD more, my initial, I guess, um, like my initial thoughts about ADHD were really related to hyperactive behavior. It wasn't until I understood, oh, hyperactive thoughts, that can be ADHD as well. I have done podcast episodes in the past. There's a solo one where I speak about all of my symptoms, treatment, the diagnosis process, all of that stuff. So if you're curious, you can absolutely have a listen to that podcast episode. If there's ever um, a podcast episode that I mentioned during a podcast, you can just type it into the search bar on whatever podcast app you're using. So you could just type in ADHD Kylie lately and those episodes should pop up for you. Something else that has been really interesting has been understanding the comorbidity between eating disorders and ADHD. I have a subscribers episode on this topic where the psychologist in that episode, Steph, 
shares that often women will get in touch with her wanting help for their eating disorders and you know that can run the gamut from severe eating disorders to someone who is struggling with overeating binge eating those sorts of things and then they'll actually end up realizing oh I have ADHD and treating the ADHD can then help with those eating disorder behaviors And in that episode, Steph talks about how, like, if you're struggling with relationships or life admin and food, that you may want to consider exploring ADHD and the eating disorder, because often they do come hand in hand. If you're like, oh my gosh, I need to listen to that, make sure you become a podcast subscriber. It is a subs episode, and you can go back and listen to all of the other subs episodes that have been posted in the Apple feed as well. If you don't have Apple, you can do it through our Acast option, um, so anyone can listen to those bonus episodes. Next up, <laughs> tell people what you want. This has been huge for me this year, reminding myself that people are not mind readers and expecting people to be mind readers only sets everyone up in that dynamic to fail. It's so uncomfortable sometimes as a woman to actually verbalize what it is that you want. I think part of that is, I mean, a huge part of that is, of course, the patriarchy and the way we have been conditioned in society to not really have needs, you know, to be needless and be compliant and be easy and be the perfect needless woman. That's part of it. But I think the other part of it is often we do become very well at intuitively thinking we know what other people in our life need, tuning into other people's needs and wants, and then expecting that other people in our life will do the same thing for us. And I think it's twofold. One, knowing that we don't always know what people want and need. So be curious and ask, don't just presume. And two, if you know what you want, say it. And that doesn't mean to, like, that doesn't need to mean that you run around being bossy and dictating, but actually speaking up and speaking up in really small ways can go a long way in terms of your overall vitality and connection with self and connection with other people as well. And what I mean by that is if your family say, what do you want for lunch? And you know what you want for lunch and you don't speak up, that's so minor in the scheme of things, right? But you imagine a hundred of those interactions happening in a month, you're going to get exhausted and you're going to feel like you don't matter And whilst the onus certainly should not be on you wholly and solely, it's a group effort, I believe that for sure, part of the puzzle is actually verbalizing what it is that you want and taking up space and saying it. And like I said, that it's certainly the case in very uh, surface level situations, but it goes a lot deeper as well. At work, what is it that you want Don't be afraid to speak up and feel like you don't have a right to have wants in the workplace because maybe you're working part-time because you've got young children or maybe you've been out of the workforce again because you've been raising children. Don't be afraid to say what it is that you would like, what you deserve, what you hope. Speak your wants. 
You know, life is short. Definitely don't be afraid to speak up. Number 10, for me, this has been a huge year of actually understanding intuitive eating for myself. There have been so many times in my life, pretty much my whole adult life, where I have classified the way that I eat. You know, I can remember being in my early 20s and it was like, I eat this way. And then like, oh, okay, something shifts and now I'm going to eat this way. I followed all sorts of things from vegetarian, vegan to 80, 20, 20 to you name it. I've probably tried it. And this has been a year for me where I have just really enjoyed food, to be honest. I have spoken, and again, in that episode, that subs episode where Steph and I are chatting about eating disorders, I've spoken about how I feel about recovery and my own curiosity as to what actual recovery looks like from an eating disorder and blah, 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 all of that stuff. You can listen to that episode as a subscriber. But for me this year, I've really taken pleasure in eating and not classifying the way I eat. You know, I even had someone reach out to me on social media and say, hey, why are you now having that sort of protein powder? And my response was, life is too short to have protein powder that isn't delicious and creamy and just tasty. And that's how I feel. That doesn't mean that I'm completely led by taste all the time. I am someone who struggles I'm not struggles because it just doesn't even cross my mind. Like I'm not someone who's like, oh, I'll go through the KFC drive-through because I have probably like like a lot of hangups with food stuff. But I am someone who genuinely looks forward to the food that I'm eating and I really take pleasure and I'm mindful with it. And I enjoy, like I just enjoy things, you know, like I enjoy getting to the weekend and being like, oh, let's have a really yummy pizza or let's go out and have a really full greasy sandwich because that's what I feel like, you know, like one of those really cheesy, buttery toasted sandwiches and just enjoying it. And whilst for those of you listening who have zero eating issues, for someone who has a history of eating disorders, and that was a long time ago for me, but had you told 22 year old Kylie that she would get to the point where she can just enjoy a sandwich, order a sandwich and enjoy it and not feel bad about it or not overthink it or not feel like I've got to like compensate for it. I would have really struggled to believe that. And so this year for me, intuitive eating has been noticing, Oh, I'm hungry. What do I feel like? And actually eating the foods that I want to eat and enjoying them. So those are five more lessons from the year 2023. Stay tuned for the next installment. As I mentioned, if you're not a subscriber, check it out. Subscribers have episodes that are ad-free plus a bonus episode, and there are so many great episodes you can go back and listen to. If you become a subscriber, Thank you so much for making the choice to do that and for supporting this small business. All of the details are in the show notes. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. 
We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com code SUPER24.